Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. I'm AJ with my homegirl Cher Bear, Cheryl Burke, and my boy, Mr. Rene Elizondo. Um... Wow, what a show today, guys. Our guest today needs no introduction, but here is only a fraction of his achievements. He is a multiple-time New York Times best-selling author, practicing medical doctor, and world-renowned pioneer in integrative medicine and personal transformation. He has written an astonishing 90-plus books and shows no sign of stopping. He's the founder of the nonprofit, the Chopra Foundation, which conducts wide-scaled research into human well-being, the founder of Chopra Global, a clinical professor, teaches meditation worldwide, and is the founder of the Chopra Meditation app that I use daily and swear by, and so much more. We feel beyond honored to have him as a guest on our podcast today. Please welcome Mr. Deepak Chopra. Hello, Hi. sir. Hi. Wow. How's everyone? Good. Very welcome, good. welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be on our podcast. Um, so just a little quick backstory. Uh, we all, um, all three of us are sober. We have all basically crashed and burned uh, 
a few times in our lives and have found a way to piece it back together. We started this podcast uh, to discuss mental health, um, living life on life's terms, and hopefully being a support group for anyone out there that is struggling with any form of mental health or addiction. Um, so uh, again, it's an absolute honor to have you here on the show. Um, and uh, we wanted to ask you uh, if we could start the show off with uh, maybe a minute of guided meditation from you, sir. Sure. You want to do that right now? Sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Yes. Okay. So please sit comfortably. Use your backrest so you're direct and plant your feet firmly on the ground uh, uncross them and keep your hands open in your lap and let's start with um, eyes closed and uh, just observing the breath this is the first and last meditation observing the breath we come into this world taking a breath and we leave this world with a breath. What is breath? Breath is an experience, it's a sensation. We don't breathe, we are being breathed. Every breath arises as a sensation. It's experienced as a sensation and then it subsides as a sensation. This is the nature of all experience, all experiences, sense perceptions, thoughts, images, feelings that arise spontaneously, are experienced spontaneously, and then disappear spontaneously. We can't hold on to our breath. If we do, we suffocate. This is true of every experience. If you hold on to it, you will suffocate. So right there is the first insight. Let go to be free. Mentally say to yourself, I let go to be free. Let go and allow the divine to move in. Now put your awareness in the rest of your body. Feel your body from the inside out. And you'll experience the same thing, sensations, that arise intermittently or experience unknown, it disappear. All you do is watch. Once again, feel your body from the inside out and we'll seed it with four intentions, different parts of the body. So, Feel your body from the inside out and seed it with the intention, mentally, joyful, energetic body. Joyful, energetic body. 
Now bring your awareness into your heart. Seek the intention, loving, compassionate heart, loving, compassionate heart. Now bring your awareness to your third eye between your eyebrows. Seek the intention, reflective, clear, quiet mind. Now let your awareness expand outside the boundaries of your skin. Let it pervade all of space and time with the intention, lightness of being, lighter than a feather, lightness of being. Relax into your body. Move it a little and then take a few seconds and please open your eyes. Okay then. Wow. It's amazing. Uh, Deepak, I actually have your app, so I've been doing your meditations and it's very soothing. Very, very good. So thank you for that. You know, I thought you had the most soothing voice, Renee, but I think you've literally, now you're second. You're in officially second place now. My you friend. know, what I was, what I was thinking is, is that you, you, what you just did definitely relaxed me. And then I, my, my brain was kicking in saying, okay, is it because it's the great Deepak Chopra? Would I still be feeling this way if it was someone else? I, I don't know. You know, did you guys, were you guys in that state where you're like, wait, Deepak is taking us through this right now? Yeah. No, I, I definitely was, do, for sure. I feel I, way more grounded. Yeah. I was somewhere else, I'll tell you that. I don't know where I was, but I was somewhere else for sure. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry 
she would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. know i i kind of want to dive in going going as far back as possible um my my first question for you is uh it's kind of a two-part question um the first part is you know growing up was there someone in your family that uh or some someone that inspired you to take the path that you have now taken um, very successfully, um, or, you know, for a lot of us addicts, it takes crashing and burning or a, a traumatic experience to finally surrender to the concept of meditation and spirituality. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, on a, it, I'm, I'm just curious as to what, what was your, reasoning for taking the path that you have uh, taken for so many years? Well, it's kind of complicated. I grew up in India and my mother was a great inspiration. She was a storyteller and she always uh, um, told stories to me and my little brother <laughs> at night. And then she would uh, end the story at what is usually called a cliffhanger and say, well, complete the story tomorrow morning when you wake up. I want you to tell me the rest of the story and make sure it has a happy ending and it's a love story. So that was my mother. And then my father was a physician and a cardiologist, but he was also a great healer. So he trained in England, but on weekends he would see patients free of charge and um, my mother would cook food for them. And when they left, they would pray for their patients and uh, also make sure that they had enough money for their bus or their train. So that was my upbringing through medical school. Then I came to the United States and you know I joined a small hospital in New Jersey as a community hospital, as an intern, working in the emergency room where I was seeing 
murder and gunshot wounds and trauma and addicts uh, coming in by the hour. And it was very stressful. So I actually succumbed to addictive behavior as well, including cigarettes and alcohol. No drugs, fortunately, but uh, definitely cigarettes and alcohol. And it was about seven, eight years of intense training as a doctor, medical resident, fellow, um, internship, um, chief medical resident, that I actually was the unhealthiest when I was training as a doctor because I was smoking and drinking and everybody was stressed in our, in our environment. It was much later in 1980, after 10 years of training in Boston, that I realized that I was actually not helping my patients at all. That I had 30 patients outpatient, 30 inpatient, 10 in the ICU. I was burned out and I was an addict myself. So that's when I rediscovered my tradition, went back to, uh, to my original uh, uh, teachings as a child from my parents, embraced meditation, mindfulness, I stopped my addictive behavior and started to help patients. This is about uh, 1980, so we're talking almost uh, 50 years ago. And uh, since then, I've... Uh, explored scientifically uh, the value of uh, getting in touch with the spirit. And now we have hundreds of thousands of papers, scientific validation, and uh, it's mainstream. What we're teaching is mainstream. Who were some of wow. your mentors and uh, who helped you learn about meditation? I went back to my roots in India. I met my a great teacher, Maharishi Mahesho who was my guru and then he introduced me to many many other people healers and traditional uh, experts from the wisdom traditions and I spent two decades um, with my teachers and at the same time I was writing and teaching as well. Deepak, oh how would you like us to address you? Deepak is good. Deepak is fine. It's great seeing you again and I'm, I feel honored that you remember me um, thank you for doing our podcast. Honestly, it's one of those where I told people you're going to be on and they're like, come on, he's not going to be on your podcast. And here you are. So I was going to say, yeah, I met you in the 90s, right? Yes. I, w I was a little out of control. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Janet was, you know, trying to help me and, and she went straight to the top, right? Yes. And you, you gave me, uh, you gave us our personal mantra, I remember right? That. And you whispered in my ear, you said you could never tell anybody. Yeah. And I have to tell you, it's the one thing that I've never told anybody. I, <laughs> I was afraid. That, I, I won't even say it out loud. I, I've never even said it out loud if out of fear that I would like break the universe or something, you know? And so... Um, thank you for that. I wanted to thank you. I always wanted to thank you for being there at a time where I really, really needed help. You know, I, I unfortunately wasn't ready at the time, but I was going to say that. Um, so it does sort of confirm AJ's in my idea that we have a saying 
uh, the spiritual path or the psychopath, right? It's like one or the other for at least, I don't speak for for, um, Cheryl because we haven't known each other as long as AJ and I for over 20 years. And it is for us the spiritual path or the psychopath. And you did have to kind of go through a rough patch before you found your way onto the spiritual path. Yes, and you know, um, by the way, just on that secret mantra, that was the tradition. But now that we're going mainstream and so many people are in need of these, we're quite open about the mantras uh, than we were then. And you know, everything evolves, including the teaching of meditation. But you're right, you know, it's a movement Uh, you said the spiritual part of the psychopath that i say addiction is actually a search for the spirit you move from spirits to spirit yeah true (laughs) true you know addiction is a search for the real joy and ecstasy that we seek Uh, addiction is a search for ecstasy Yes, but ultimately it leads to destructive behavior and also leads to what we call the dulling of the senses when actually what you're seeking is a transcendence of the senses. So, you know, it's an awakening rather than a dulling. And yet the journey to pure spirit is in fact a journey from addiction to attachment, from attachment to preference, from preference to intention, from intention to choice, from choice to ultimately wholeness of experience, what we call total freedom um, from all um, from all addictive behavior um, in that when you're in, grounded in that state of choiceless being or pure being or awareness, you have access to creativity and higher vision and intuition and insight and, and ultimately transcendence, even the loss of the fear of death. If you look at spiritual experience across, across humanity, throughout the ages, three things are standing out. First is what we call transcendence from everyday experience. You go beyond, as you just said. The second is the emergence of platonic values like truth, goodness, beauty, harmony, love, compassion, joy, equanimity, not a forced morality, but a spontaneous blossoming of these qualities. And the third is uh, the loss of the fear of death, which is really interesting because that's the basis of all religion. These three experiences are the basis of all religion, doesn't matter East, West, Oriental, Occidental. All religion is based on these three experiences, transcendence, morality, spontaneous morality, and loss of the fear of death. And and once we get that experience, it opens uh, different reality. Right now, what we're experiencing in the world actually is the projection of collective addictive behavior, whether it's war, war is an addiction, terrorism is an addiction, extinction of species is an addiction, Violence is an addiction. Poison in the food chain is an addiction. They're all basically addictive behaviors Mm. that are leading to, I would say hesitantly, but I have to say the way we are going, the world is like we are bent on collective suicide through Mm. behavior. 
And we need to wake up as a species, not just as individuals. I have a question. I, I, I have a question. I know meditation works, right? And you know it works. And, and there's other things in life where if you tell somebody this works, you'll feel amazing, right? But I notice there's a resistance people have towards meditation, towards yoga. My question is, why do you think people resist when everyone that's done it says, this is amazing, it'll, it'll change your life, you'll feel so much better. Why do you think there's a, there's a resistance from some, you it's know? It's just cultural conditioning. It's foreign, it's new, relatively. And uh, people are not uh, used to anything introduced into a culture where, you know, Super Bowl is more important than anything else, as we know right now. Mm -hmm. The whole country was obsessed with the uh, Super Bowl. So that's more important. So it's all conditioning. But now that there are so many studies and science, gradually it's being accepted. You know, I teach at the UCSC Medical School and we have medical students and interns now trying to incorporate meditation into their clinical work. So we made a long progress and even Nobel laureates are doing research on the value of meditation and how it influences genetics and epigenetics and gene expression and brain chemistry and on and on. Wow. I have a question for you, Deepak. So, you know, there's a manual for everything, but our own intelligence, I feel like. What do you feel, or would you be, if you even agree with this statement, would you be willing to write another book because you have so many books uh over 90 um but would you be willing to write a book on the manual of our our own i guess body our own intelligence i feel like that's something that needs to be taught in schools that's no that's not taught that's not people are not aware of this I have a couple of books on you know uh, one is called ageless body timeless mind which is about mm -hmm. the body and the mind then uh, three books with the neuroscientist. Uh, one is called The Healing Self. The other is Super Genes and Super Brain. I'm now writing a book called Abundance, The Hidden Path. So okay. abundance at every level, survival, safety, love, okay. beauty, sexuality, uh, creativity, creative expression, higher consciousness, transcendence. You know, my, myself and Renee, we, we, we both are fathers, we have kids and, um, you know, kind of going back to what you were talking about, about where the state of the world is headed, uh, without help and without, you know, a, a collective consciousness of people working together and, you know, us working on ourselves to better the next generation, you know, um, my question is like, uh, is 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 there any age that you would think is a good age to start uh, suggesting meditation or suggesting um, just even understanding the concept of what you basically have conveyed through your research, through your books, and through your you know seminars and all these things? I mean, I have an eight-year-old and an almost four-year-old, but they're both very, very intelligent. Renee has a nine-year-old, super intelligent. Um, you know, especially now with we're doing homeschool and things all crazy because of the pandemic. 
is there a certain age that you think would be suggested to start? Yeah. So here's what we know from science and child development. So children at the age of two, when they look into a mirror, they start to have a sense of self. Before that, they have no sense of self, even um, so it starts about two. And then they start to watch their parents or their caretaker. And what they're looking at is their eye movements, the tone of their voice, their facial expressions, their gestures and their body language. So if the eyes are clear, parents, if the body language is relaxed, if they're smiling, if uh, their you know, gestures show attention, affection, appreciation, uh, gratitude, body language, then the kid learns to mirror that and that's all that matters. In the first three or four years, that's all that matters. The parents' moods are reflected in the moods of the baby. That's how we learn language and emotional language as well. So I would say up to five years, all you do uh, is make sure that the baby experiences attention, which means deep listening, affection, which means deep caring, appreciation, deep noticing of every little nuance, and then acceptance. You don't try to change the baby because unique as it is. If you do that, that baby will grow up to be a happier child. Uh, till five years, you do need nothing other than let the child mirror your joy, your empathy, your compassion, your love, your kindness. After five years, what my experience is, and some of the research also shows, you tell the child to stay quiet for five minutes a day. So five minutes of silence. At the age of six years, six minutes of silence. Seven years, seven minutes, eight years, eight minutes, nine years, nine. At 10, you can give them a mantra and you can do the whole thing. Wow. Th that's wow. how it works. Man, I wouldn't oh, be able to talk. I was raised talk. the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I, I came out talking and I've never stopped. But uh, no, but I mean, that's, that's, that's actually very, very helpful. The reason why I ask is obviously now, you know, kids are stuck at home. They're glued to their iPads. They're playing their games. They're, you know, there's... There, there's got to be an alternative, but what you're saying is that there is an alternative to, you know, finding that little moment of just quiet and kind of, you know, looking on the inside and just kind of having that, that, that little moment of peace. If, you know, like my oldest daughter's eight, so eight minutes of silence is an amazing suggestion because I believe, you know, cause she's very smart and she picks up on things and she's like a sponge um, as most kids are. And her sister follows whatever she does because they are two in the same. So, you know, uh, I'm definitely going to give that a try when yeah, I, when I get back home. Try, but you know what you should do is you should accompany her for those ages yes. together. And then but the other thing is because, you know, to be human is to be a storyteller. We all are storytellers. And children love nothing more than uh, stories. And I found that if you introduce your uh, child to stories like Alice in Wonderland, you know, the nice, beautiful movie and all the graphics and the music, 
you'll never have the same child. The child will be wonderstruck for the rest of their life. So the classics, Cinderella, um, Alice in Wonderland, even uh, the Star Wars and all these amazingly, um, amazingly well done, graphically done movies about superheroes, along with that eight minutes of silence and superheroes will take your child in a totally different direction. And, and your app. Don't you offer a kids program as well? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Deepak, this is a genuine concern I have, right? And it's regarding instant gratification mm -hmm. and materialism. And I feel that social media... Oh, it, it comes with a lot of upsides. I get to get and stay in touch with relatives that are in other countries. But I worry about, and this is a genuine concern, I'm not just saying this, that the gratification, the, 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 the attention uh, span of young kids that are just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, it worries me what sort of down the road our generation is going to, not our generation, but the young generations, like, uh, are going to have a hard time with two things. One is attention span. The other one is instant gratification. So I, I notice it in my daughter. We, we let her do social media, but she's, she's an artist, and she's become pretty good at it. And we, she's allowed to share her art, never pictures of herself and you know, so we allow that. But I do notice that sometimes when she's involved in her video games, building things online, and then we say it's time to eat, I could tell there's a little more resistance from breaking away from the addiction that we're talking about, right? What do you think? My question is, what do you think the downside, long-term effect it will be of this social media generation? So we're already seeing the effects of that. You know, we're already seeing the effects of uh, what you might call digital addiction or game addiction. And it's as bad as heroin or any other addiction. You know, when you were frenetically playing a video game, particularly if it's violent and it involves a lot of anxiety, then a lot of them do actually, that's why they're addictive the neural networks get ruined, you know, they, in the same way as they get with cocaine. Mm. So that is a definite issue. But here's the key thing we need to think about. We can't stop technology. Technology is there and it's part of the human evolution right now. It's part of the human condition. So what do we do? Do we allow technology to go in an undisciplined way, in the way of destruction? that technology is available. Even your handheld device here has more computing power than the computer that sent men to the moon. That took a whole building in MIT. More here. You can use this to cause a nuclear plant to leak or poison the food chain or anything you want to do. But you can also use this for useful purposes. And that's where, you know, Cheryl mentioned the app. We're using technology. And we can create games also that actually help people focus, help people um, uh, access the power of intention and attention, have people generate uh, positive emotions. So all that technology is also there today. We're just not harnessing it 
uh, as we should, and we will. You know, there are now algorithms that correlate everything. Um, in, in two years, we are looking at instead of taking a selfie, you could take a wealthie, look at your own video, and it tell you your biological age, your blood pressure, everything, and intervene in real time. In fact, I am now introducing meditation on Fitbit in real time, and wow. you can watch watch what's happening to your heart rate and your your heart rate variability and stress levels real-time intervention through technology and so you know it's a double-edged sword technology is both divine and diabolical we haven't harnessed the divine part of it that's so yeah. true that's i think so that's true. the point so i agree with you right the first wave of technology sometimes can be dehumanizing and then we learn to humanize it and thank you so much for uh having apps because now I want my daughter on your app and get That's her great. head in the right direction. The other side in social media that worries me is that it, it's, I feel like, and not, I don't mean to generalize, but it's sort of creating a me, me, me kind of generation of, of vanity, of what do you think of me? How many likes did, do I have? And to me, that will not end well. <laughs> validation Renee, this is a repetition of a biblical injunction what what good does it do a man to gain the world but lose his soul so the selfie is replacing the self right now we are sacrificing ourselves for our selfies and yes. creating a narcissistic society that's you it know, we had a president who was addicted to twitter right yeah that's a narcissistic addiction so you know, it's bringing out all the ugliness of human um, possibilities as well. Because I worry that that if we're fostering narcissism, then yes. what, what one of the payments of it is lack of empathy, lack of compassion. Like, like, how many likes did I get? And then someone says, uh, "My mom just died," and you're like, "Okay, but you know what? I just got a hundred thousand likes." <laughs> I mean, yeah. not, to, to lose the ability yeah. to think outside of your own hula hoop. Yeah. And yeah, when you start doing that, that leads to when you not, don't get the attention that you think you wanted, leads to guilt, shame, humiliation, mm -hmm. depression, anxiety, hostility, inflammation, disease. All of that is linked. That's my fear. So we need more apps like yours. Yes. It's, it's a <laughs> very valid fear. In general, right? Like just like this podcast, just talking about it. I That's think, it. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm currently reading your book, Total Meditation. Right. And I find that very helpful. Deepak, what is total meditation? I guess is a two-parter. Um, and what makes somebody happy? Like how do you um, become truly happy? Okay, so the happiness part, let me address first, because social science has been addressing that for a while. And right now, among social scientists, there's something called the happiness formula. And this is what it uh, reads like. H is equal to S plus C plus V. So H stands for happiness, is equal to S, set point in the brain. So happy people, no matter what your situation is, they're looking for opportunities. So even during pandemic, the people who are happy are looking for opportunities. They invent something like Zoom, for example, <laughs> or some are inventing vaccines and things like that. So happy people always look for opportunities. Unhappy look for 
problems. They either play the victim or they blame someone. This set point is again determined in childhood and 50% of our experience every day comes from our set point. Mindfulness and meditation can change your set point from unhappy to happy. So that's the first part of the formula, S plus C. C is conditions of living. Are you rich? Are you poor? The answer is neither one actually makes you happy. If you're extremely poor, you'll be unhappy because you think of money all the time. If you're extremely rich, you would probably also be unhappy because you also think of money all the time, like the poor guys. Okay, so there's a saying, some people are so poor, all they have is money. So money adds about 15% to your happiness uh, experience every day. If you win the lottery, you'll be very happy for six months, then you'll plateau. In one year, you'll be back to your set point. The third part of the happiness formula is what we call choices that we make every day. And there are two kinds of choices we make every day. One for personal pleasure, alcohol, entertainment, um, food, sex, all of that, shopping. And that makes us happy too, because you know it gives pleasure, but it makes us happy only for a day or two. And then you have to repeat the cycle. There's another kind of choice that makes us happy permanently. And that is if we have the ability to make somebody else happy, that makes us happy very fast. If we find meaning and purpose in our life and have a higher calling, that makes us happy. That's the happiness formula. Then your first question was um, a little more difficult. What is total meditation? Well, that's what the book is about. But total meditation means there is meditation at the level of the body. There's meditation at the level of the mind, level of emotions, level of spirit, level of perceptual activity. There's meditation, which is reflective self-inquiry, asking yourself, who am I? What do I want? What's my purpose? What am I grateful for? Then there's mindful awareness of perception, of body, of insight, of mental space, of relationships. Total meditation encompasses our experience as humans, spiritual beings throughout our life. You know, you've heard the phrase, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. But in fact, most of the time we have a human experience and no spiritual um, insight whatsoever when that is our true identity. So I would say total meditation is finding your true self. Totally. Thank you. I have a a kind of... (laughs) uh, off the wall question. Um, and usually they are the ones that come from me, uh, are the off the wall, but, and maybe you can answer, maybe you can't, but it's something that has been, uh, it's been frustrating to me as a father, but also, uh, you know, trying to find the empathy in the same, in the same state, which is my youngest daughter. She'll be four next month. Um, I do attribute a little bit to trauma, Um, you know, back when the Woolsey fires happened about two and a half years ago, uh, my family and I were vacated from our home for about nine months. Um, My neighbor's house, which is a stone's throw from my house, burnt to the ground. Um, We were very lucky um, and we are very grateful, Uh, but uh, that started this downward spiral, I believe, for my youngest, um, who is absolutely terrified 
of using the bathroom, um, not not to go number one, but to go number two. She is literally terrified. Um, and there's moments where I feel she's, she you know will say to me, Daddy, I'm going to try the toilet tomorrow. And then the minute she says she has to go, I say, okay, let's go use the toilet. And then she's like, no, 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 no. And she freaks out and we have to put on a pull-up and then she's fine, but she's in pain. Um, you know, there's been a moment where she's gone two weeks without using the restroom because of that block, that fear. And my question to you is, how, what would you suggest as a different approach for me to maybe take with her that might give her a sense of calm to then hopefully the end result is she finally does what she should be doing at almost four. I know, you know, I, yeah. So yeah. That's, that's, that, that's a problem with what we call interoceptive awareness, awareness of our own bodily functions. It obviously um, could be related to trauma. There are two things you can do. One is uh, on a physical level, get her microbiome analyzed, her stool lamp analyzed to look at the genetic information in her stools. These are easily tests are done these days commercially. Uh, I sit on the board of a company called Viome, V-I-O-M-E, and they do the microbiome analysis and then you change the diet to one that has high probiotics and prebiotics and very frequently the problem disappears. So that's on the medical side. On the psychological, emotional side, if you can change the environment of the, even of the toilet with lots of aromatherapy, with music that she likes, the five senses in some way, influencing and giving her an experience of entertainment. Yeah, I have had patients who are children who needed chemotherapy and they wouldn't tolerate it because of nausea and vomiting. But then I got them engaged in video games. <laughs> uh, and mm -hmm. while they were playing the video games, gave them aromatherapy, played music that they loved, and, you know, or introduced poetry and storytelling. And then they would be able to tolerate the chemotherapy. So same thing. You change the environment mm -hmm. and you make it joyful. You give it a different perspective and also make sure she has enough fiber and prebiotics in her diet and I, I might even want to get the stool analyzed. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. That's I was, yeah. I, I was going to say, uh, Deepak, um, what you thought of this. The, there's a saying that says, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy, right? And there's an old story that I heard once that I love. A, a, a journalist goes to visit the oldest man alive, and he wants to know what his secrets are. So he, he goes to him and he says, so what is it that you do that, make, that has made you live so long? And he says, I don't argue. And he says, oh, come on. I'm sure that has something to do with it, but it's got to be your diet. It's got to be your, your, your physical exercise. It's got to be something else. And the old man says, maybe you're right. Right? So I, do you think that that's part of like being able to enjoy happiness is to not feel the need to be right? 
like less conflict. All, all, all these stories and all these um, sayings come from ancient wisdom traditions and particularly the teaching of the Buddha. So, you know, when you talk about the Eightfold Path to Enlightenment, the Buddha's teaching, uh, he says um, one of them is called right view or what you call right perspective. And so when you look at the Buddha's teaching and say, what is right view? He says, it's either no view or all views. So when you... Oh, I love that. It's either no view or all views. And when you totally understand that, you realize that everybody's talking from their point of view. Yes. And, you know, that's part of their conditioning. So you give up being right and you're happy. Totally. That's in fact more than happiness. It's enlightenment. Wow. That is, that's actually, that, yeah, I'm going to keep that with me forever. <laughs> I just want to know what um, yoga is, because here in California, yoga is like Lululemon and, uh, you know, Pilates <laughs> and all this type of this stuff. And um, But what is yoga, Deepak? Yoga, the word yoga comes from the word yuj. Mm. This is a, a little manual of yoga that I'm Oh, great handling and I, I do yoga every day so I'm writing a book on yoga as well Amazing. yoga is union with your true self there are eight limbs of yoga one first two are rules of ethical conduct personal and social so uh, the first is personal ethical conduct second is social ethical conduct the third is breathing or pranayama mm -hmm. which allows you to get in touch with your breath. A little bit we did earlier, but there are hundreds of pranayams. And the, actually, that's the fourth. Before that is asana, the thing that people go to yoga class for, you know, like all these mm -hmm. stretching. Mm -hmm. And these asanas are seats of awareness. You bring awareness to these different postures and you realize that each of them is associated with a certain emotional state, a certain spiritual state. So that's mm -hmm. the fourth limb. Of yoga. The fifth is dharna, which is focused awareness. The sixth is dhyan, which is meditation. And the eighth uh, is samadhi, which is transcendence. So right now, when people talk about yoga, they're mainly talking about the physical postures, which are very important, by the way, because they give you an insight into the connection between body, mind, spirit, and our experience of the world. But yoga ultimately is to get in touch with your true self. Right. Wow. And can yoga so, be a dance uh, movement? Because I'm. It can be if it is, combines those elements: meditation, dharna, dhyan, dharna, focused awareness, meditation, and transcendence. Many athletes, acrobats, dancers—they experience mm -hmm. moments of timeless so, awareness. So sadly, we are almost out of time, but yeah. I do want to just ask one thing because you mentioned it earlier. Um, and I, we're, we're obviously not going to ask Renee what his mantra is. We're not going to ask because he's not going to say no, anything. You can say it though. But I was curious. In um, this book, his mantra is the Oh, really? Book. Oh, good. I can well, find good. out. Okay, I'm going to go get it right now. Um, <laughs> I, are you able to do that? for myself and Cheryl here on the show in this moment? Are you mantra? able oh to give God. us um, to, to give us our mantra? Am I able to do what? 
to tell us what our mantra is. <laughs> I guess. No, it's a, person, right? it's a complicated thing. It's, it requires uh, Vedic astrology, but you can use generic mantras like I am or Aham or Om. And lots of generic mantras as well. On a separate subject, um, I feel special because I have my own. You are very special. Uh, but uh, AJ and I have a mutual friend that was George Harrison, is George Harrison's nephew. And uh, I had read that you spoke very highly of George, that you felt he was a very sort of spiritual man, even when he knew he had cancer. Do you, do you just want to tell us a little bit about your experience with George? I met George in 1988 after my book, um, Quantum Healing. And I visited him in England at his place, uh, Henley and Thames. He came and stayed with me in Massachusetts. We traveled in India. I was very close to him throughout from 1988 onwards. Um, and uh, also when he uh, was diagnosed with cancer. I would have to say he was one of the most creative and spiritual beings I've ever known. Mm. I miss him a lot. And he was like a brother to me. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, all I know is when, it, when, when things get even better as far as the pandemic goes and things hopefully start to, uh, I don't want to say go back to normal, but hopefully a new normal, a better normal. Uh, I would love to meet you in person. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Cheryl would, would also agree. Um, and maybe we can do the mantra then and have an amazing <laughs> meditation. Uh, gotta start with that first. I, yeah, I, it would be a dream come true for me. It's, okay. it's well, yes. I'm planning after March 30th to be in New York and, uh, I'm going to be on the East coast after that for a while. So let's hope we meet. I would love Awesome. That. Thank you. Well, thank we'll you so you. much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, Deepak, thank, thank you for everything you're doing for the world. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you thank so you. much, sir. Yes. Yes. Cheers. 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 Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You guys, we just f***ing had Deepak Chopra on the podcast. We had Dr. Deepak who said, just call me Deepak. I mean, we are officially in. I know. Right? We are was homies trying to get now. Our mantra. I was like, I was like, oh my God, please say yes. Please say yes. Please I know. Yes. I thought he was going to do it. And then I'm like, oh. Wait, you guys. But if I'd it's lo- in the I'd... book that I'm reading, I'm going to find out your mantra, Renee. Watch. I'm going to start texting you random. You guys, <laughs> I, I, I love that you guys got your personal mantra from Deepak. Oh, wait, no, not you guys. Shut up. Me. Oh, shut but I'm going to find out yours, though. I'm going to be texting you every <laughs> yeah, word I'm, I'm gonna, reading. I'm going to do lots of research. If there's only yeah. one in there, if there's only one in there, then you'll know. But I No, I there's think, a few. There's a few. Yeah. So you won't know. But I'm going to ask you anyway, because like he he officially said you could tell us because now we're living in the 2020. Yeah, one I think Renee's era. is mecca like a high, like a Chinese hoe. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I was to say, I though, think. I bet like a Chinese. What? I don't mecca even like a high, like a Chinese hoe. It's from Pee Wee's Big. A tiny hoe. No, my God. You didn't oh. watch Pee Wee when you were growing up? Yeah, he creeped me out, actually. OK, well. you guys, at this point, I'm freaked out telling anyone I've become. But he said, I've, tell us it's good. for I've the soul. never even said it out loud. I know what it is. Rivian. <laughs> no. You know Your how many he has? Rivian. He has no. actually, um, AJ. He's got a, a bunch of um, mantras on his app, and he every t- every time I do a meditation, there's a different mantra. Yeah. So I, I mean, gotta, I, gotta I just do don't like to have app. a community one. I want one for myself. But that's, that's what I'm saying. See, that's the thing. It's but yours not is in spir- a book. <laughs> well, yeah, but w- no one will know which one I have. I'm gonna it's look at his app and special. see if it's in there. And if it's in there, I will tell you guys it's in there. No, but he said I it's still a total meditation book. I'm a little freaked out still telling anyone my mantra. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You just keep that to yourself because it's nice, you know? Like he whispered in your actual yeah. ear. Which ear was it? Right or left? Right. Wow. I bet I'll you can hear forget. better. You have Deepak saliva close to you. That's hey, amazing. Yeah. Maybe that, you guys, maybe that's why my voice is so. That's why you guys soothing. are twins. You are twinsies. <laughs> Listen to everybody out there. Um, download the Chopra Meditation and Wellbeing app it's today. The best. Download it, download it, download it. And his 90 books. Yes. I mean, literally, I'm sure you can get them both online or 
hardcover, um, audible, you know, audible, whatever you want, but it is definitely worth a read. Um, check again, check out the app, Chopra Meditation and Wellbeing. Get it today. Um, thank you again to Deepak Chopra yes. for being, I mean, one of my personal favorite guests we've had on the show. If, if, if not my favorite so yes, far, absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah. Also everybody out there. Thank you. Those of you that are uh, hitting that su subscribe button mm -hmm. and, uh, please give us five stars as you always graciously do. And, uh, also everybody out there have a happy Valentine's day oh my goodness. with your, with your significant others. Um, and, uh, yeah, we love you guys and thank you. Thanks for listening. As always. Follow Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts